Welcome to Career Tools. This week, working from home, your space. The questions this cast answers are, do I need an office to work from home? What equipment do I need to work from home? And where should I work from home? We'll be visiting Boston April 7th and 8th with our Effective Manager and Effective Communicator conferences. Register on our website now at manager-tools.com forward slash training. So Sarah, many people think that teleworking or working from home would be ideal. All those people with a commute who have to go into an office somewhere think, oh, working from home, that would be so nice. I could sit on the sofa, I can wear my pajamas, I wouldn't have to commute, I could do my laundry, uh, 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 nobody would interrupt me, it would be so nice. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> and anyone who works from home for any length of time will tell you that whilst there is a lot of benefits, you'll soon discover that in order to be productive, you have to be set up in a way that's conducive to work. And on the sofa in your pajamas is not that place. No, not that place. <laughs> so in this guidance, we're going to tell you how to choose and set up the space that you choose. Uh, and we're really talking about if you're going to be working from home for like a longer period, like one day a week or, uh, you know, for the next six months. You know, if you're only doing it once in a blue moon, then probably some of this guidance will still apply. Uh, but you don't need to have like a permanent space set up. If you're going to work from home every day, then you need a lot more setup. Absolutely. So speaking of setup, our outline for today, first choose your space, then clean up your space, get ready for video calls and getting the right equipment. So all of us at Manager Tools work in our homes. And as somebody myself coming from an office environment where I went to the office every day, Choosing the space I found to be the most important. You don't have to have a private office. I don't currently have a room called the office to work from home, right? But you do have to have the appropriate equipment, like a table, uh, a chair. It doesn't need to be a big desk, but it needs to be a desk that's large enough to have your laptop, your phone on it. You're going to get just a lot more done when you're using furniture that's actually designed to keep you productive, as office furniture is, right? And if you want to test us, feel free to run an experiment of how much work you get done in an hour in the sofa and an hour at your desk. We'll win. Yeah, exactly. And the ergonomics of a desk chair setup cannot be denied, right? The right desk chair, um, a good quality desk chair, allows you to get much more work done without pain. Right? And as somebody who works from the desk chair that is an airplane seat often, there is definitely pain associated with a not ideal ergonomic position to do hours worth of work. Yeah, right. And in hotels too, right? Yeah. I often find the desk is too high for me because I'm quite short. And so an hour on my laptop and I feel it just hurts. So Right. And the chairs... The chairs there are made to be beautiful, not, not, not made to sit in all day. Exactly. It's not, you just have to be smart about that for sure. And if you had in your head the idea of working anywhere but at a desk or a table, just, just think about what your boss would say. I, I can tell you what bosses of mine would have said if they, if they agreed for me to telework. They, they, they have to go through this um, over the hump of 
thinking that I will be more productive when I can't be seen. You know, they have to get over that fear. And then they find out I'm working, lying on my bed or sitting on the sofa. And they're going to just regret that choice because they know, like we do, that you just aren't as productive when when you're like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the key part of teleworking or working from home is the working part. It's the working part. No, exactly. And you, you just can't. It's not can't. the from home part. Right. It's not the is, from home part. No, which is what people... And it's fine. I, I sit on... Um, it's not a couch, but I have a, a reading chair, which is not my office chair, that I read on in the mornings. Um, and I'm reading work stuff, but I'm only reading. I'm not doing anything else. So stuff like... You can sit on the couch to do reading or light work, you know, if you're doing something easy. Uh, but don't try and be productive on anything other than a desk and a chair for long periods or difficult work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's really smart when thinking about how do I work productively from my home? Think about, okay, well, how do I work productively from my office? Right. Or the space you normally, you currently use. It doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily an office, but the space you currently use. Mm -hmm. Where you currently are, right? And I'm sorry, Wendy, I don't know what a hot desk is. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Mark asked me that too. It must be a Britishism. A hot desk is where you go into an office and there are no desks assigned and you just you just pick one every morning. And, and um, in some places you have lockers for your stuff, like the stuff you like to have out. And some places you bring it all in. Um, and what happens, of course, is that people pick their favorite desks. Mm-hmm. And if you go in there day after day, everybody's still sitting at the same desk because that's um, human nature, but okay, hot desks yeah. in theory allow companies to have fewer desks because not everybody is in the office every single day. So they can just account for that number rather than giving people who aren't in the office a desk. I like that. I think we call it free addressing. Oh, yeah, but I like that. Really? I like hot desk better. That sounds cooler. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, back to the point of the story. So the question then is, do you have a hot desk with nothing on it? You just show up, you pop down with your laptop and your cell phone? Um, or do you have a desk that's more permanent um, where you've got a, a pinup board? You can pin up frequently used documents on the wall of the cube, but maybe a, a calendar, things like that. Um, do you typically have a notebook, several pens, and some printouts of things kind of lying around on your desk? Do you have a drawer like the, full of those useful things? Like you don't need it often, but sometimes you need a scissors and a stapler and, and a roll of scotch tape and things like that. What's around you now that keeps you yeah. productive? Because all of those things that you need now are the things that you'll need when you're at home. You know, unless you dramatically change jobs – uh, which most people don't do like a complete change when they go go from home. The, the space you use and the way you use it and the way you like to work and the things that make you productive aren't likely to change. Like the people, there are some people who like to have useful information pinned to the sides of their cube. I don't because I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. I, I have a little book and a folder. Um, and if you're that person thinking that you're going to work from home, in a space that doesn't have walls yeah. to pin stuff up, you'll do it for a week and then you'll be like, I really want to pin that thing up so I can always look at it and just be frustrated. So think about how you work now. That will tell you something about the space you need. And again, you don't need to make a permanent 
set up. You don't need to convert a room to an office immediately. For mm -hmm. some people, working from home just doesn't work. You know, some people don't like being at home on their own. They they soon discover that they actually prefer to go into the office and see other people and, you know, have that camaraderie. Um, so don't make a huge investment right. if you don't know if it's going to work for you. But do think about what will make you productive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, also, you're going to want to choose a space when you're considering your spaces. As Wendy just said, you don't have to invest in a full-on office with a that's a room by itself in a, a quiet place of your home right off the hop. Don't choose a space, though, that will allow others to see by video, obviously, because we recommend in order to build relationships that you see one another, right? You turn those webcam, webcams on. We recommend that you then choose a space so that those who see you by video don't see the more private parts of your home, like your bedroom or your bathroom, right? Your colleagues should never have to see your bed or your dirty clothes or dirty dishes and piles of laundry, things like that behind you. You wouldn't take them into work with you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so things you want to be mindful of. Now, you should know it sometimes is absolutely not possible for you to hide the bed from the video caller. That is possible. I, for example, the way my desk is right now, behind me is my bedroom. And my bedroom has a glass wall. So you actually do see a portion of my bed like when you're on a video call. Just the edge of it, but the edge. So make sure in that case that you wake up and your bed is made nicely. So that folks that see it don't see an unmade bed, right? It says a lot about a person and how you work, how you organize yourself personally. We could absolutely extrapolate that to how you behave work-wise, right? If they can see a disorganized, unmade bed and a mess every day for a few weeks, they're absolutely justified in thinking that you're having issues managing your own life and I wonder if that also is lending itself to the work life as well. Right, exactly. If you can't manage your own life, what, right. what makes you think you can manage the stuff you're paid for? And one thing to think about if, if you're using either a bedroom or a spare room is maybe you can move the furniture around so that you can't see the bed or you can angle the computer so that the video is of... Uh, it's still of you, but it's like of the wall or and it cuts off at the private areas that you don't want people to see. Um, it, it is still possible in a bedroom to to not see the bed if you're a little bit smart about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Unless you have glass walls like Sarah, in which case yeah. you know, things become much more difficult. <laughs> in which case, decide on better walls, people. Just decide yeah. on better walls. Take it from me. Don't make that choice. Don't make the choice. So, uh, <laughs> Another thing is people. So if there are people at home during your work hours, consider that where they are when you choose to work. So if you have older children who come home, they go in the kitchen, um, you know, they organize their own lives, but you're the one who does the grocery shopping, you know, consider whether those kids are going to come to you and say like, why haven't we got more Cheetos and like bring their friends home and want pizza and be noisy or have a, a game, you know, want to be play a video game and be noisy. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not conducive to work. And so many houses, homes now are open plan. 
So even if you're in the living room or a room off the living room, that's all connected to the living room and the and the kitchen. And so the noise travels. It's not just the distraction of people coming in and out, but it's also the noise when you're on calls. Even if somebody is yeah. making a normal amount of noise, other people can hear them on a call or a video call and it's distracting. It's hard to hear yeah. uh, one voice if there are other voices around them. Competing. Mm -hmm. um, so where other people might be in your house when you're working, that's another consideration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then the other consideration, say Sarah and Wendy, who live with this every day, <laughs> yeah, is working away from distracting animals. For example, when we were just getting ready to record like moments ago, Wendy with her cat who's meowing at her, she's like, oh no, we've got a crying cat here. It's hard sometimes, right? To, yeah. to avoid. He had been asleep for hours and I thought, oh good, he's going to be quiet and I'm not going to do what I usually do. And then the moment I was talking, he thought I was having a conversation with him and he woke up. So um, I put him in my bedroom, which is on the other side of the house, um, give him some treats. He's very food motivated. If I rack all the <laughs> treats, he goes in the bedroom, I shut the door and we're good. There you go. Um, and even if he is crying, I can't hear him now. So, you know, some animals, you know, if you have a cat that just sleeps, then fine. But if you have a dog that barks at every person who goes past, you know, you're going to spend more time on conference calls saying, I'm really sorry, it's the, it's the dog, like, I'll just wait till it's quiet. It's not a reason not to work from home. Not at all. Of course, we all have pets. Yeah. Um, or many of us have pets. Um, but you want to be able to work at least the majority of the time undisturbed um, and to be able to have calls without random noises. Mm -hmm. So where your animals are and what they might be doing is another consideration. Absolutely. Just keep that in mind for sure. Um, all right. Next then is clearing up and cleaning up your space. So. Now we're at the point of we've decided on a space that we're going to utilize for our home office. So the next step is either clear the non-work things out of that space or create a method of clearing those non-work things out of your path relatively easily. So for example, if you're going to work from your kitchen table, um, but your kitchen table also happens to be where you keep your salt and pepper shaker and your napkins and the other things so that when you actually sit down with a meal with your family, everything's well within reach. It's almost inevitable that if you're going to use a corner of that table for a workspace, you're going to knock something over. Right? You're <laughs> going to spill something on your laptop um, or your notes or your phone. Things are going to get covered in items that they oughtn't be covered in right? None of it's good. So you'll want to work more effectively and clear that space. So get a tray, right? A, a nice pretty tray to hold all of those items so that when you are working, you can take it off the table. If you have an office, but the whole family uses it and they leave their stuff everywhere because, you know, we know that you're tidy, it's just the rest of them. Um, a large basket or a box that you can just put stuff into in the morning so that you have space to work. Many people say that they know where everything is in a messy office, which I don't agree with. I think you should have a clean space because the clean space means you're looking at one thing, the one thing that you're doing. So it helps you concentrate. 
But also in, in a home office or a home environment, your paperwork can get mixed up with other things. Right. So, you know, it could get mixed up with the kids' homework or something a spouse is doing. Um, and then you've lost your notes because, you know, your spouse put them in there briefcase and took them to work with them in the morning. So having some separation and clear spaces will make you more productive. Absolutely. And then your kids won't have to go to school and say, I lost my homework because (laughs) my parent accidentally put it in their workbook. Exactly. Absolutely. We know that management is simply a workplace discipline, and you'd probably be shocked with the variety of client organizations with whom we work. The list includes those from large corporate entities, universities, technology, cybersecurity, uh, IT, healthcare, nonprofit, government, tool production and assembly, service delivery, restaurants, financial entities, gaming. Guys, the list goes on. We recently had a client attendee have to miss the training due to being pulled into the National Response Center for the coronavirus. You name it. We've probably worked in that industry. And it's because solid, effective managerial behavior is just that. It doesn't matter where you sit or where you work. If you've got a group of 25 to 30 folks to train, Manager Tools has an organizational training and sustainable follow-through that's easy and affordable for you. Contact Maggie at manager-tools.com to learn more. All right, now, now that we've got clear spaces, next step is to clean those spaces. Right, Clean surfaces are easier to work on and they're just more hygienic, right? If you don't clean the surface, it would, I don't know, it'd be easy to have a notebook get stuck into something sticky on your desk and now it's unusable because it's got like this weird like sticky thing on the back of it. You want to also clean your equipment, right? Clean electronics work better. Uh, it prevents clogged fans from the dust that causes them to then overheat, dirty screens. And if you're like me, I'm always touching my screens. I don't know why. I'm always following along, touching the screen. But it makes it harder than to see because it's got smudges and you have to squint slightly to see beyond it because it's got weird shiny things on it. Most offices, you'll remember, they have a cleaning staff, like be clean or somebody comes and they clean those things for us. And we don't even realize it's being done in an office space. It's an assumption. But now when you're at home, there isn't a cleaning crew coming in and tidying up after you every day. So make sure that your office at home gets at least as much attention as your office would at work. My end of the day habit is to put everything away. So I have a a working on tray. So everything that I'm still working on goes on the tray, but everything else gets filed. I empty the trash and then I wipe down my desk and then I shut the door. And it's a really nice way of closing the day. But also when I come in in the morning, it's like, oh, this is nice. I can get to work straight away because it's all clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So part of the reason we want to clean and clear up the space is because it's easier to work in a clear space. The more time you spend out of the office working, the more likely you are to start having video calls. So the longer you are at home, the more video calls you'll have. Um, And that means other people can see the space that you choose to work in. And that means you have to make sure that the space that you are working in and the space around you comes across professionally. This always reminds me, video calls always remind me, there's an army I know one of those like bonmos. Um, <laughs> if the enemy is in range, so are you. Meaning 
If you're getting excited that you can hit the enemy, remember that they can hit you because they can shoot as far, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the thing with video calls. If you can see someone, remember they can see you too. You know, like people forget they're all interested in the other people and they forget that those people are looking at them. And on um, a lot of video systems, you can turn off the view of you while you're on a call so you're not distracted by your own face or so the other people's faces can be bigger. And then you completely forget that they can see you. Yeah, right. So what this means then, guys, because not just can they see your space and the things behind you, they can see you. You need to be as presentable as you would be at the office. So working from home doesn't mean you just get to work in your pajamas all day, every day, You need to change out of those. And the surroundings that can be seen behind you need to be presentable, right? Don't think you can get away with not being on video when everyone else is on video, okay? It's strange and people are like, why are you not turning on your video? And we are. It's rude. It's not polite, right? You can't get away with being on mute because there's noise happening in the background and you've not thought through far enough to avoid that situation from happening, right? Good general rule, if you can't do it in person, like hide your personal appearance or the background noise, then you can't do it in a meeting where you're at home. It's rude, it's unprofessional um, to do those types of behaviors um, while you're on a video call. And thinking about pajamas, or two two thoughts about pajamas, because of course. Um, the first is don't think that you can get away with the whole pajama thing or, you know, clothes that you wouldn't leave the house in um on days when you don't have scheduled video calls because uh, someone's day, gonna call you. <laughs> yeah. The day that you're not wearing something presentable is the day someone says, Oh, I really need some help with something. Can you just jump on video? Surprise meeting. Exactly. It's always that day. Yeah. <laughs> And the other thing you can't do is um, get away with the newsreader trick of being, um, you know, presentable from the waist up and then having something comfortable on the bottom because it can't be seen because it's Murphy's Law that you will need to stand up for something. And it's something you can't even imagine now. Um, You know, (laughs) was one day I was working in my office and I had the the back door open, which is right by my office. And I suddenly heard voices in my backyard and no one was scheduled to come. And I had to stand up to see why there was now someone in my backyard. Right. So I wouldn't have predicted that, but thankfully I was fully dressed. Exactly. Thankfully you were wearing pants. We all appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're going to do something that makes, means you're not for public clothes are now being displayed. Not ideal. Video calls mean not only cleaning up the immediate space, but also that bedside and behind you. Turn on your camera um, and look and see what's included in the frame, right? You can do that. Just pull up your, your Skype window or your Zoom window or what have you. And you can see what spaces are going to be hit or ki- or within the camera view um, behind you. All that space, some on either side of you, above you, below you, Um, In case your camera shifts, needs to be clean and neat and tidy. And that doesn't mean you can have boxes neatly stacked. Neatly stacked, right? That's that's not the definition of neat and tidy. Um, You know, if you're moving in three days, you can have boxes neatly stacked. If you're not moving, 
and you didn't move in the last three days, then those boxes need to be somewhere else and the space behind you needs to look like somebody lives there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you only get away with that neatly stacked when you're actually moving. Mm-hmm. Neatly stacked and sparse. I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but relatively sparse. You don't want a ton of action. Like bookshelves behind you, great, but overstuffed bookshelves that like have like piling high services with paperwork and books pouring out. Um, They just give a poor impression of your ability to manage yourself and your surroundings. The appearance of disorganization, like I said before, leads people to think, wow, you can't even organize your life. Are you really that organized now that you're working at home? It just sends a bad impression, right? All the things behind you, they should be in good repair. Curtains, if you've got curtains, a window behind you, they oughtn't be falling down, right? Like the curtain rod is coming away from the wall or uh, places that have a, a nail sticking out of the wall that are missing photographs because the photos are sitting on the floor, right, behind you. You got shelving. Shelving should be straight, right, level <laughs> to the eye, things like that. Otherwise, people just spend the whole call looking at the shelf and thinking, right? is that going to fall? Is that going to fall? Is that going to fall? Right? Is that thing going to slide off it? It's going to fall, isn't it? Yeah, no, exactly. Too distracted to, to pay attention. And also, speaking of pictures, your picture should be suitable for the office topically. Yeah. So any picture you wouldn't have in an office or the place where you work now should not be in your, your home office or your home space. Mm-hmm. And again relatively sparse, not so numerous that it's creating like this patchwork quilt of photographs behind you. Again, distracting. Also, before we forget cupboard doors, cupboard doors, closet doors, things like that, they're also distracting, right? If you can see into someone's closet, even if it's super organized, right? Even if it looks like it should be on Pinterest, yeah. the person looking at it is thinking about Pinterest. Right, exactly. So just shut the door. Just shut the door. Shut the door. Somebody I sometimes video with, not who works for managed or someone else, uses either the blur my background or the replace my background technology. And I can tell you as somebody who looks at it in 2020, it doesn't work. It's like a really bad movie with green screen and like his hair floats around. It's just awful. It's weird. Actually, in our preparation for this podcast recording, Wendy, I trialed it the other day with Cassie, Mm -hmm. who works for me. It was awful. You have to be so aware of what you're doing. Like you get too close to the camera, it's blurred out. You get too far away, it's blurred out. I'm trying to show her, I got this new pen. I'm like, look at this new pen. And I'm, I'm trying to find the, the area of the camera view that's not like blurry. It was the worst. It's not, the technology isn't there yet. It's just not. Now, us talking about this could lead you to believe that all of this is a lot of work to make your personal space presentable for the workplace. And you're probably right. This is part of the bargain though. This is part of the, I don't wanna say freedom that you've got being able to work from home in your personal space. The issue of appearance of personal space is sensitive. And you want to be that individual who has the appearance of being able to manage your surroundings while being at work, right? Your boss and your colleagues are absolutely reasonable in wondering whether or not they should trust you in managing things for the company, frankly, in allowing you to work from home. 
if it appears as though the space you're working in isn't one that they would recommend you work in. You just said this is sensitive. This is even more sensitive. But but when your surroundings are seen on video and they don't correlate with your standing in the company, the company can reasonably ask whether your personal life is putting the company at risk for financial losses. Because it's possible that if someone's house isn't commensurate with that of someone earning their salary, they have financial problems or other problems that could lead them to being susceptible to blackmail or fraud. And those things happen way more than you think they do. And we're not saying, you know, if your salary is X, you have to live in this kind of house or that the company should be able to dictate how big your house is, how much you choose to spend on your mortgage, any of that. We're just saying that if there's a significant difference, the company has a fiduciary duty to ask you about your financial status. Mm -hmm. And I saw this um, a couple of days ago on a news report, and they couldn't verify whether this was actually true or not. But the report was of um, HR emailing someone and saying, we've run your credit check because we're allowed to because you handle company money. Yeah. Um, and we don't know why you have a 20-year-old car when you can clearly afford something more oh. Um, and we would like you to reassure us that you don't have financial problems that could put the company in jeopardy. Now, again, like why should the company be able to dictate what kind of car you have? They shouldn't. On the other hand, there's a reasonable conclusion there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one thing that we're not specifically going to mention, but I have got for my office space at home a really large backdrop. Okay. Um, I think having a really large backdrop allows for you when you're planning with those, say if you have client calls, things like that, which is what mine's for, those types of items to prevent any sort of view of your your surroundings are great to a point. And so much of the camera screen is going to be included in your webcam view. You should know that my backdrop. Mark uses it when we're doing client calls, things like that. The backdrop is directly behind you while you're sitting at your desk. It is not comfortable. So it is not a long-term solution. It's a very short-term solution for very specific purposes. But there are backdrops and things like that if you do client calls, things like that. Yeah. One of my friends um, works from home and has like a screen, like one of those folding screens. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, I know that behind that folding screen is her kitchen table and you could not sit at her kitchen table and have a meal because there's no space to do so. There's all sorts of stuff on her kitchen table. And so all I think when I see that screen is you're hiding something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're very obtrusive. You could not reasonably work with that behind you for extended periods of time. It's not conducive to working comfortably for sure. For sure. Okay. And talking of working company, company company comfortably. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about getting right equipment. And this is kind of what we consider the minimum equipment that you need to work from home. And it may be that you have to purchase some of this equipment yourself in order to get the advantages of working from home. You know, remember, when you have to spend some money, think about my alternative is to work the way I'm working now and not work from home. The plus minus decision about whether or not you want to spend money versus whether or not you want to work in the office is is your decision. But be thinking about that when we think about how much money you might have to spend. 
Absolutely. So it starts with a monitor. Laptops are really often provided by organizations for those that are working at home. And they are terrible devices to use for video calls. I tried this out the other day and Mark and I were talking about it. And so I tried it out. I went and I, I don't use my laptop in my office because I'm 99% of the time in my office. I have that desktop set up, but I went and got my laptop and um, I measured it. So it's nine and a half inches tall, my laptop, or that's where the camera is. And my eyes are 18 inches above the desk. So when I put the laptop top, at the right angle for me to be in video, it's a horrible picture. It's it's a very unflattering angle. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it includes a good part of my ceiling, which is yeah. you know, not the part that I decorated. And I'm short. So the difference between the top of my laptop and my, the top of my head is quite small because I'm super short. The taller you are, the worse the angle is going to be. So you, you do not want to do video calls on laptops. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, A monitor with a camera can be set up so that your camera is actually level with your eyes, right? I've got a monitor and I've got it stacked on some books um, to lift it. It gives just a much more pleasant view to everyone. Um, Additionally, a laptop screen is generally not large enough for you to have a one good view of the other people in the meeting, but two, while at the same time as looking at the documents that you need to be looking at for the meeting, right? I know I want to have, for our ops meeting on Friday, I want to have easily 10 documents pulled up. And I am not going to do that on my 13-inch laptop screen, right? The point of having a video call is to have the benefits of the visual. And if the benefits of the visual are then hindered by the camera and small monitor screen, that's not helpful at all. And then the other thing about working on laptops is that the design of the laptop, because the lap, the keyboard and the screen are together, you have to compromise. You either get a good, it's, it's level with your, so that your head and neck are comfortable, or it's level so that your hands and your wrists are comfortable. So it's kind of like, which bit do you want to hurt most? Right, um, exactly. So an external monitor will mean that you don't have to have that trade-off. You can have the monitor at the right height for your eyes, and then you can have the keyboard at the right height for your hands. Absolutely. And I feel like we're we're really like nailing it on laptops here today, but laptop keyboards, guys, generally the keys are way too cramped and the keys are in strange places, right? It's not really good for long-term all-day use. It's far better to prevent those repetitive strain injuries from having your hands at a weird angle all day than to find yourself unable to type because you don't want to buy a $50 keyboard. They're not that expensive, right? Now, if the keyboard and mouse you've been using in the office has been comfortable for you, that's just the that's low-hanging fruit, mm-hmm. right? Just buy a similar one. And if you've had hints of those repetitive strain injuries, right, make sure you get a keyboard and mouse that you can try in store with a return policy. Yeah, I have um, repetitive strain injuries and a while ago my my keyboard that I really liked died and they don't make it anymore and I went through four different ones yeah. before I found another one that I could work on all day um and there's a store in San Antonio that you can go to that does um 
you know, like vertical myosis and strange, you know, for people who have injuries. And so you can go and practice typing. Um, and I also found out a web store where it's for those people. And so they have a return policy. If you try it out for a couple of days and you're still hurting, then you can go home. And it's just not worth it. I've had days where um, I've had to dictate everything because I can't use my hands um, and not being able to use your hands to eat or put clothes on without pain is just awful. If you have the merest hint, do something about do it. Do something about it. Absolutely. And on just on top of that, guys, another advantage of having a separate keyboard and a separate mouse is it when you're on those conference calls, it's just a lot easier to page through and find another document without accidentally closing windows and cutting yourself off from the call because you're like trying to work on this way too small keyboard, the additional space and the abilities that are the flexibility that it allows um, is absolutely useful when you're, you're trying to flip through documents and things like that on your calls. And now we're going to do a sales pitch for wireless headsets, (laughs) (laughs) but you cannot be the one person who dials in on the phone for the audio portion of the call and then uses the computer for video. Mm -hmm. It's confusing for other people because you appear twice and invariably both the audio and the video suffer. Uh It's weird because they're not timed at the same time. It's just strange. So don't do that. Get a wireless headset. And if if you've never had one, you think, oh, but I've got my cell phone and my earbuds. That's fine. No, it's not. It's probably not fine. There's a real difference between um, a call on, on earbuds and a good wireless headset. And on top of that, guys, there's a huge difference in the quality of earbuds. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Like, yes, I I will agree. You can buy them on the internet for $10 and they do not have any sound canceling properties, right? If you've ever used a wireless headset, um, you'll know the difference the, the extra mile that it goes, and you're never want to gonna you're never gonna want to go back. Wireless headsets are designed for it, right? They have microphones that are designed to listen to the sound from only one direction coming from your mouth. So they ignore all of the other ambient noises that are going on, right? If you've ever called, we some of you call a call center, right? And you can hear other conversations going on. And where the other reps are talking to other people and it's confusing and there's the background noise. And then and sometimes you call and it's absolute silence. And the right. only thing you can hear is like, that the difference? person. Mm-hmm. The difference is the headset. Headsets that have a good unidirectional microphone rather than just a general microphone like those that would be in earbuds. Right? That's the real difference. Cuts down on the distraction for sure. It does. And if you walk around with earbuds, people can hear it because earbuds take all of the noise. Whereas if you walk around with a wireless headset, no one's any the wiser. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, if you're the fidgety kind and part of the benefit from walk- from working at home is being able to wander around, then, you know, win. <laughs> right. Um, and then they have noise cancelling and ear protection built in. So the ones that we use um, protect us. Like if there was a sudden noise like um you know feedback audio feedback it'll cancel that out and it also balances the input so that whenever you pick it up whoever is talking whether they're really loud or really quiet they sound the same so it's much more comfortable um on your ears and you don't spend your whole day turning up the volume turning it down turning it up turning it down right that's the thing they're 
they're much more comfortable on your ears because they're designed to be worn all day. And earbuds can get uncomfortable. They they hurt the inside of your ear after you wear them for more than a couple hours. Whereas if you have a really good wireless headset designed for the office, you can wear it for hours and it's barely noticeable on your head. You'll forget that it's there sometimes. Yeah, I do that. I forget that I've been wearing. I, I'm on a call and then I'm not on a call and I forget that it's there. And then like an hour later, I'm like, oh, look, I'm still wearing it. <laughs> look at me making dinner with my wireless headset on my head. I look like a dummy. Yeah. Absolutely. So don't think that you can get away with working at home with no working space, without cleaning up, with never being seen on video. This isn't the easy option. Um, your boss shouldn't be. You to- no, exactly. No. Your boss agrees for you to work from home or telework with an expectation that you'll be at least as effective and as professional as you are now. And that means some effort on your part to get the benefits. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Wendy. That's all for this week. We'll be back next week with a different topic. 